Season 20, serial number 4, story number 126 overall, it is Terminus. Written by Steve Gallagher, directed by Mary Ridge, produced by John Nathan Turner. Welcome to Terminus, where, uh, according to dear, everyone has cancer. Yep. So what happens in Terminus, dear? Cancer. I already told you that. Oh! I already explained the whole thing. They have cancer. The doctor dies. You know, everyone dies of cancer. Yep, we need a new doctor. He regenerated, and then he had cancer again, so he regenerated again. So, you know, it's a really sad story, honestly. Anyway, so, Turd is looking around the TARDIS and talking to the Black Guardian about how no one really trusts him. So, touch this thing on the TARDIS wall, Mr. Turdadian. And he's like, okay. And it's some computer bits, and he flicks the blue switches... Uh, to to light up and removes it so that he can remove the space time element. Apparently, Tegan is coming around to find him, and she's like, "Why didn't you fucking call out when I fucking like said your name? Like, what the fuck?" And you were talking to someone, weren't you? And Tegan isn't like dealing with any of this, and even sees the computer controls behind the wall, and she's like, "What the fuck were you doing?" And he's like, why do you dislike me? And she's like, you're unfucking reliable And I honestly prefer people who tell the truth. And he's like, well, Tegan, you just yell a lot. And she's like, mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I have charm and shit. And she's like, you're dangerous. And they continue to argue before Tegan shows him to his room. And Princess is meanwhile doing science. Turd talks about how he hates all the kids stuff and is going to get rid of all of Math's things, and Tegan's like, oh, I miss him, uh, and goes to talk to her girlfriend. Meanwhile, Turd makes his way to the console, removing that thing that he needs to remove. Kind of. Turd sh- this Turd's shower knob has repaired itself, and the crow dude is like, concentrate, bitch, and get it done. Princess is like, I'm going to do some science because I need to practice. Tegan is going to get Math's note from his room, and Turd is ripping out the taste time spacey thing. Yeah. He, he's told- his CPU. Yeah. He's told he'll be safe if he rips out the thing, and he's like, mmm, sure. Tegan can't find Turd and starts to look around confused, and it wound up, it won't come loose. It winds up that it can't come loose. That's not good. It's apparently like the TARDIS's (laughs) heart, so we yank harder and it still doesn't come loose. Tegan sees a weird thing happening and goes to get the doctor, and the princess also is just like, oh, that's a thing happening. And the doctor's like, oh no, that's bad, let's go. Turd has put the thing back, closed the door, and he's like, wait, what was the princess working on? It obviously started all this, right? So we look at her room and call for her, and she's like, I'm scared! And she's like, ah! And the doctor's like, don't touch anything. Um, and then there's the universe breaking through, and there's a door in the shape of a skull, and it's weird, and she goes through it because she's gotta keep going or she's gonna die. There's a weird noise, and we see the doctor close... The door closed. Sorry, the doctor closed. And he's like, oh, this is all very weird. The doctor runs, it runs for the door and everyone's running and he throws a chair just in time for it to get caught in the gap of the door. Yeah. On the breakup, TARDIS locks onto another spaceship and stuff. And that's how we get saved. It's an emergency thing, but it's never happened or whatever. There's a noise and we find that the doctor's now gone. Turd, when alone, asks his crystal for what to do. And he's like, follow them. And he's like, I don't wanna. And he does, and the door closes behind him, because of course. And then the door disappears, of course. The doctor even sees some handprints while looking for Princess. And he's like, hmm, I wonder what, what happened. 
Princess, meanwhile, is walking around and gets whooshed at. And Turd and Tegan both hear this and follow the noise. The doctor is following along, trying to find anyone. And he's found the princess, he thinks. And we think it's a passenger ship or something. And everyone needs to head back, cut to an explosion. And some people boarding the ship, making it seal behind them. Tegan thinks she heard the princess and wants to go that way, but gets caught by a robot with many arms. The space cadets are in the control room, looking at a thing, but it's weird. We're here for cargo, but the ship is dead? That's weird. The doctor found the plug that was made and goes, hmm. And then the doctor is heard by the cadets and they're like, what the fuck? The doctor makes his way to the control room and gets put at gunpoint. So, yay. Tegan and Turd are wandering around and think they heard Nyssa push some buttons real fast on a door and try to open it, which makes the ship kind of leave. Nope, it's leaving on its own. That's not great, for whatever reason. Uh-oh. Ah, which, oh no, I guess I, they're left here alone now. But this ship now starts to beep, and all the armor has gone up defensively, which is not good. Tegan wants to get the door open, and Turd wants to leave. Instead, Turd goes to talk to his shower knob and doesn't respond. But he does find a book. And he also notices that the door to the TARDIS is both there and not there. Tegan is now being fucking attacked by a bunch of hands because she got the door open. And Turd saves her for some reason. I'm not really sure why he would. And then they want to go back to TARDIS. The space cadets apparently want to steal the TARDIS. But the doctor's like, put the guns away and I'll just take you to my fucking TARDIS. And he's like, yeah, all right. The ship is apparently docking with another ship. Ooh. And an announcement goes out about it. And all of them don't leave the passenger ship. All of them are gun. If they don't leave... They will be fucking killed, apparently. And the skull doors around Tegan and Turd open up, as well as around the doctor, and a bunch of people who look real sick go through the doors, and Tegan and Turd hide in the vents for some reason? That's sus. And the cadets are like, oh uh, my sus. god, this is a ship of leprosy. We're all gonna die. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. So Terminus. Mm-hmm. Um Fun fact, when the lepers are like walking past them all, uh, uh there's an outtake uh where one of the extras that was playing Eliza uh accidentally grabbed Janet Fielding's top and uh accidentally pulled it down. Mm. <laughs> uh exposed niplay. Uh, which was a, a regular story that Peter Davison used to tell on the convention circuit, because of course he would. Um, uh, weirdly, stuff like that happened quite a bit. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, the basic idea of the story involved uh, what the writer called a Pandora device, a space drive for a ship from another universe which penetrated this dimension, creating our cosmos. An idea like this had been uh, the basis of a few other stories, uh, but after being messed about with, with Warrior's Gate, which this writer also wrote, you remember that one? That was the one with the weird lion people and Remarque mm -hmm. left. Yeah. Um, Gallagher wanted to write a very traditional Doctor Who story instead, and was pleased with the finished product. Uh, Eric Sayward, the script editor's main concern, was giving Nissa the lion's share of the activity. Uh, this annoyed Mark Strixon, in particular, who had uh, lost the skin from his hands and knees of his trousers crawling around in a tunnel set in lieu of any real part in the story. Uh, he was also uncomfortable with the idea of leprosy being used for entertainment. Like, everyone else is like, oh, ha ha ha, like, 
like, okay, this is a story, but he was like, guys, this is kind of fucked up that we're using leprosy like this. Uh-huh. Like, he, he he said it was really sick that they used it like this. Personally, I don't, I don't, I think it's fine. I think it would have been awful if they used it as like a, oh, the lepers are disgusting, we've got to kill them all. But they, they do humanize them of like, hey, they are victims, they're mm -hmm. not, like, to be shunned. Like, they're, they're victims of circumstance. I feel like if they had, like, villainized them, then yeah, it would have been pretty bad um but nah I, I i think it's fine um also the voice of the terminus incorporated the little robot uh, is the same person who tells tube passengers to mind the gap uh he was also an announcer on the bbc world service at the time and since has appeared in several quiz shows he was credited as tannoy voice which because they thought that um uh, Tannoy was like a generic term for a public address system, uh, but shortly after part one aired, the production office received a letter from Tannoy Limited pointing out that the term Tannoy was actually a registered trademark referring to products manufactured by them, and that by calling the robot, you know, Tannoy, uh, they had violated their copyright. So uh, <laughs> they quickly changed that. <laughs> um, this story also has a lot of... Um, Norse uh, origins, I I'd say. It's it's not very deep like a lot of 70s stories, like Underworld, where it's uh, like Jason and the Argonauts, where it's literally one-to-one. -one. It's like, this is Doctor Who's version of this Greek mythology. It's like, here's this character who has a space version of them. Like, this is more so the feeling of Norse mythology, uh, and, and certain names here and there. Uh, you have the Veneer, who are like the lesser race of gods in North mythology who go to war with Odin. Uh, the guardian of the station's forbidden zone is called the Garm, after the enormous dog who guards the Norse underworld. Uh, and all the characters have mythic-sounding Nordic names, like Valgard, Olvir, and kind of blatantly Born and Sigund. Um, it's, it's very, very Aishi's way of doing it, because the 70s was literally like, we're doing Doctor Who's version of this. But the 80s was a lot more about the vibe. Like we've sort of spoken about before, 70s was about uh, aesthetic and placing Doctor Who in certain situations that already existed. The 80s was more about aesthetic, and it was more about the vibe of like, okay, we want a Norse-like story. We don't want a, an adaptation, because an adaptation's kind of kind of weak. It's, a direct adaptation's kind of considered weak at this time. Uh, so they more go for, like, okay, we want elements of this represented in a story. That sort of thing. Um, uh, a lot of this is to do with the way, like, other things as well. Like, there's a cyclical decline in this. Um, a decline and rekindling, all that sort of thing. There's a lot you can bury into this if you want to get philosophical about it uh, with mythology. Um, like... Yeah, the, the the idea of that Terminus has the power to blow up the universe seems faintly ridiculous if you pretend that this is orthodox sort sci-fi. Uh, but the key moment comes when the chart of the known universe, note that the way that it's phrased, it's described as looking like an old map of creation with Earth at its center. Uh, this part sort of ties in with the medieval idea of pilgrimage that's suggested elsewhere in the story. Specifically, pilgrimage to Jerusalem, depicted on the maps at the time as the center of the world. But in part, it's supposed to be as broad and overstated as all things, you know, like, Wagnerian. Um, and on top of that, there's the way the story uses the idea of giants as well. 
because it's it's sort of got elements of like the whole ring cycle thing um like because uh, one one part of that is that yeah, the ring cycle assumes that there's a bigger stronger race of men that once inhabited the earth and that these giants will one day rise up again to overthrow the gods uh be careful with how you look into it though because uh that is a foundation for like parts of that have been co-opted and used as foundation of nazi thinking though so be careful with that if you want to look into it uh it comes as no surprise then that the uh, long dead pilot of terminus is described as having the strength of a giant uh, Gallagher's novelization of the story goes even further, making the corpse larger than the one seen on TV, and describing it as if he's imagining the giant extraterrestrial skeleton from Alien. Uh, the idea that this story's aiming at something hugely mythic is underlined by the fact that when Terminus is about to destroy the universe, matters are put right not by the Doctor's scientific cleverness, but by the Garm, who's the only one capable of pulling the Do Not Destroy the Universe lever on the console. <laughs> um... Like, it, this time it's not about reprogramming computers. It's not about modern day solutions. This is about only the old race has the power to avert the end of natural order. It's that sort of thing. And that's why it has a very Norse uh, mythology sort of vibe to it. Because otherwise it would be like, hey, the Doctor's in this situation. He's going to solve it. Where it's like, it's more the Doctor just figures it out and figures out who can solve the situation. Mm. Um, but anyway, what happens in part two? Yeah. yeah, sorry, I was coughing. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just solid. I was like, did you die? No, no, I mean, kind of, but no. Um, it's fine. Doctor and the cadets are all scared, and we see that the other ship is continuing to dock. And the cadets are like, wait, what if we just kill them all? And the doctor's like, no, no. And we can't have any of them touch us. Also, Turd and Tegan are now stuck in the vents. The doctor tries the computer to figure out some way to talk to somebody. And that doesn't really work. Tegan finds a ladder, and we slide the the cassette uh, their computer blocks into the computer to try to figure out some stuff. Also, the princess has a fainting spell and finds the other cadet having a panic attack. The doctor also found a star chart heading somewhere, and it's like, that's weird. It's like, we're in the middle of the universe. And the boy cadet is very scared and feels like his masculinity is very destroyed. And the female cadet's like, you're a fucking baby. And the boy cadet's like, my sister died of this disease? You don't even know? And the real enemy of all of us is capitalism. It's capitalism. It's capitalism. Yep. Um, cadet's like, have you seen the star wow, chart? Doctor Who's getting political. Weird. Everything looks weird <laughs> about it. Why are we at the center of the universe? And Turd and Tegan are pretty much stuck. Here's something. And a nutcracker-ass-looking man walks over them and leaves. Also, the multi-arm robot is with them and beep boops. The man is, a, it's, he's, it's not a robot, it's a man, and he's here to sterilize, apparently, so there's that. Nutcracker fucking H.R. Geiger Nutcracker is doing some more of the shit at the computer, and is confused about what's happening. Readings are climbing. Actually, another Nutcracker comes in and sees the other dude, and walks p walking past the dude on enter tape, and he's like, no, don't do that, and he's like, too bad, gotta figure it out, gotta figure it out, and I'm gonna go get my orders from this one guy named Eric. Uh, yeah. Supposedly, Bor is like, we're all dying, you fucking idiot. And we're gonna come back when he- he'll come back when he needs his drugs. It'll be fine. It's whatever. The doctor has found some ship plans and realizes it's huge. And something something mentioned that they need to leave if they are unprotected because radiation. Anyway, Princess is like, oh no. And we go in multiple parties. We really gotta leave. And the moment Princess is like, oh no. She realizes, I don't feel good. And then a robot shows up. 
and she takes she is taken by said robot because she has the plague now so she is just taken away uh because she's contaminated and princess and turd are being smoked out in the vents until it goes the other way and turd's like oh i don't feel so good which made me assume that he was also sick i was sad that he did not also get sick the princess is dragged the fuck off without the boy doing anything and she's taken back to the nutcrackers whatever and drag the fuck off and princess speaks up she, they're like whoa they don't usually talk this one's weird i'm pretty much your like baggage handler you're my baggage and she's like looking at her hand she's like oh my finger that uh, cracker meanwhile has a box of medication that has stolen one of them maybe and takes it himself and he's like oh yeah the armor is for radiation, by the way, and the princess is look, I like, look, I cut my thumb. Look at it really closely as I slap you in the face. Ha ha ha. Did you know your hand is the same size as your face? Letting him oh get my pushed God. over. And she tries to run off, getting caught by the other nutcracker. And he's like, ah, fuck shit. Ah, ah. Boy Cadet has seen them go down the elevator, by the way, like, oh, and the doctor has found some blood and that's not good. But Turd and Tegan heard that and go, oh, and the Nutcrackers are dealing with people and are meted by a giant rat man. But the stage two sterilization has started and the smoke machines are going. Woo. Meanwhile, Princess is in with all the other people having leprosy and the doctor is trying to figure things out and thinking about the crater uh, center of the universe, crater of the universe. And too bad a Nutcracker saw him walking around and follows him. Turd and Tegan are trapped behind bars and Turd is trying to literally break shit to get out. Which he does, which is good. And the doctor, by the way, is talking oh. about star charts again. Too bad big lady cadet has gotten captured and being choked out a little bit. Nutcracker's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you, dude. I'm gonna fucking kill you. <laughs> to continue sort of the, the, the themes and such. Uh, uh, Hydromel comes from two Greek two ancient greek words the word for water and the word for honey hydromel translates as honeyed water or mead and it looks like mountain dew <laughs> uh, another thing as well uh the the pilot had originally been dressed with cobwebs uh but peter davison objected to it observing that the pilot was not meant to be dead but simply moving very very slowly and so the director, Mary Ridge, accordingly ordered them removed. Um, speaking of the production of this episode, oh boy, uh, it was fraught with technical difficulties, uh, including problems co with costumes where uh, the, the people making the costumes for the veneer were like, okay, we've done them, like, here they are. And then everyone was like, okay, cool, so we'll have them in this combat scene. And they were like, what? You wanted them for combat? Oh. And then as soon as like they started moving around in them, it's like, you can hear it. They're clacking and mm -hmm. clanking all around. And it's like, yeah, that's not meant to be. Um, there are also delays due to electrical problems and a misbuilt set. Uh, results that some scenes had to be recorded on improperly lit sets. Productions ran seriously late and several scenes were taped hastily, much to Peter Davison's frustration. Also, an industrial dispute between the BBC and the Electricians Union resulted in a major reorganization of shooting schedules. As a result, the crew had to work against the clock to complete the story. Uh, but yeah, the the I believe the the firm was called Imagineering. Uh, the veneer armor was meant to. He thought it was meant to be purely decorative, 
but then he was like absolutely shocked when it was required for combat. They the the extremely noisy armor they had like tried to refurbish it to fix the problem. That's that's the refurbished sound. So imagine how fucking loud it would have been. Um But anyway, also the first day of filming was also plagued with problems. A uh, power failure resulted in a two-hour delay. When the crew was finally ready to go, the director discovered that one set had been erected off of its marks, incurring a further stoppage because they had to fix the whole thing. Then John Nathan Turner was forced to call a halt to recording of scenes involving the interior of the TARDIS console because the correct circuitry was missing. Uh, This meant that the director had to record sequences on other sets which were not yet properly lit, and then later it was learned that neither of the drone robot props had been tested before being brought to the studio, and indeed only one of them was to be found to be working correctly. Uh, Despite all these disruptions, the director, Mary Ridge, was able to complete almost all of the scenes set within the TARDIS and the adjoining liner corridor properly and on time. Uh, She had never worked on Doctor Who before, and this was... This is a really bad time for her to be working on Doctor Who because it ev- everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong and it just was not a good time for her. Um, many scenes were rushed through with only one take and little to no rehearsal as the director had never once exceeded her allotting schedule career in her allotting schedule in her career and had no intention of losing that record, which unfortunately she did anyway after the various other problems proved too much for her to recover from. Uh, forcing the team to schedule another couple of days of filming the following week, uh, right after uh, Sarah Sutton's farewell party. <laughs> so they had a farewell <laughs> party for her that is like, well, actually, we need you to film more. Sorry. Um, thanks. Uh, anyway, what happened in the next part, dear? Well, the female cadet is like, you're fighting that dude, so I'm going to shoot you. And he falls over. But then we're out of bullets, and he hears this, and we're like, ah, fuck. So we leave quickly and the doctor wants to go into the no-go zone which might be bad tegan and turd have finally gotten out of the vents and kept the bar that he like had with them which is kind of smart the doctor uses the radio to check radiation levels and then they continue too bad the rat is following them and tegan tries to talk to one of the dudes and they're like yeah we're not talking to you and a woman even goes don't try they only like drugs nothing else also it was princess not tegan fuck why did i write that the the main leader eric <laughs> It is like, this isn't fucking drug, it's just water. What the fuck? And the company's cutting back at all chances, and we're apparently also slaves, so that's great. But the Nutcracker has mentioned that there's a new people here for the ballet, and they think it's a new person of the company being a spy. Now the Nutcrackers are fighting about who should be the leader. So if this one, that one dude with the staff that was, like, knocked down earlier brings back the spies, he can be leader. Okay, sure. We agree to this. It's in the Forbidden Zone. You're gonna die if you go in there. Cool. Anyway, he goes in there. Princess is still trying to find some answers, and he wants to learn about the Forbidden Zone. The Forbidden Zone is supposed to be where they get cured, and the radiation is too much for the Nutcrackers in there. Cadet, by the way, is faking being an armored guy, but he's basically instantly found out. But the dude runs off and tells someone else, instead of doing anything about it. The doctor's trying to figure out why there's so much radiation, and why they haven't fixed it yet. Anyway, they go back to capture the fucking cadet boy, and they're like, oh, it's just a sack. You're an idiot. He's fake. And the guard's like, oh, I gosh, I'm stupid. And the Nutcracker's like, okay, I'm going already, and goes into the nope zone. Anyway, the princess is grabbed and taken somewhere because she's the most fit looking. And the doctor and the cadet hear someone singing and go, what the fuck? Turd and Tegan, if she's ever killed anyone, uh, Turd asks Tegan. If she's ever killed anyone, she's like, no, what the fuck? Why would you even ask that? I don't think I could even do that unless, like, 
I had to. For a friend. Maybe? Uh, you're weird. And she leaves. Meanwhile, the man singing is apparently the Nutcracker from earlier, who was like, I need to find the radiation. He's losing his mind now because he got electrocuted to fuck. He offers... The doctor offers to help him because he's covered in blood, and they all head off. Tegan and Turd find the star map and go, that's weird. Meanwhile, the crazy Nutcracker has taken them to the entrance, where the bu they're bu he's building a small pile of things in front of something. And, well, that's great. Boyer's like, hi, have we met before? And talks about how short-term memory is the first thing to go. Apparently, he electrocuted the fuck out of himself, trying to make the radiation, like, minimize, but it made it even worse and more unstable. And now there's probably going to be a really big explosion because one of the engines exploded a long time ago and the universe isn't safe, I guess, from the explosions. But then one of the other nutcrackers shows up and goes, shut the fuck up, Boar. And he thinks they're spies still. And he's like, oh, I didn't think you were spies. They were so nice. We remember that we have no power for our gun, by the way. So he's like, haha, I've got you. He's going to beat the shit out of them with his stick and drag them back. And Princess is scared and doesn't understand what's happening while she's strapped to a pole. Meanwhile, the giant rat takes Boar and walks off following a signal. Princess fucking screams as soon as the rat shows up, and they take Boar from him and trade the rat for the princess. The rat is supposedly going to cure her and is advancing on both her and the cadet now, who is there with Princess, and we even try to shoot him, and it does nothing. He takes the princess and goes, fuck you, and leaves. While the doctor is trying to find the control lines so that he can follow where the fucking dude went... The cadet has followed the princess. The doctor's like, if he got radiation sickness, but it doesn't matter, we gotta go find out what he saw because it was really important. The pilot of Terminus is dead. Oh, but he's still there. And if the engines got to, to explode again, the Big Bane will happen again, apparently. Turd, meanwhile, is told off for not having killed the doctor yet, but we gotta get to the TARDIS. The Black Guardian's like, fail me, bitch, I swear to God. Find the bypass switch, it's at your fucking feet, you stupid idiot. Anyway, Tegan shows up, and they're like, who are you talking to? I thought you were... Uh, that's... Mm. And the doctor is back in the actual control room and has found the dead pilot. Princess is being chained up by the rat, beaten by a nutcracker, and we also find out that the engine did not actually explode, but it could also do a time travel? And when they jetted all of their oh. fuel, it exploded and made the Big Bang. The shockwave went through time and killed the dude and blew up an engine. And if it happens again, everything's going to die. Um, Turn yep. found the emergency bypass system and fucks with a bunch of stuff and pulls a wire, which fucks up some more stuff. And, well, we learned that the computers jettisoned all that fuel by choice. And that red switch over there is a countdown to our death. Woo! Good job, turd! We're all gonna die. Oh, boy. We're all gonna die. Goodbye, universe! Um, anyway. <laughs> Stephen Gallagher felt that this was a much greater intellectual experience in his previous script, Warrior's Gate, describing it as a sober, a sober affair compared to the box of firecrackers that is Warrior's Gate, which I do agree. This one is a lot more, um... Like, a little bit more sober and less abstract than Warrior's Gate, because Warrior's Gate was very abstract in its delivery, but also its subject matter was a... <laughs> Weirdly, he's written two stories, and both of them are about slavery. Um, <laughs> but it's... and Weirdly, they're not the same story. They're, they're told differently, so props to him for that. Um, Stephen Gallagher also wanted the garm to look spooky and also to only be seen in shadows. He was surprised when it was 
fully realized. Uh, the Garm costume was so hot inside also that the actor inside, RJ Bell, fainted several times during recording. Because it was just fucking awful in there. Um, also, the costumes were called into question as well, as they were very clearly and practically designed for fighting. Peter Davison described them as copulating crabs and like a rock tribute band. <laughs> Which, yeah, they kind of do. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Peter Davison named Nyssa as his favorite companion, and he was so upset that Sarah Sutton was leaving while she didn't leave of her own accord and didn't really want to go. Her contract was just up, and they were wanting a change. But uh, he didn't want her to leave, and she didn't want to leave, which is sad, because they are a good team. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, visual effects designer Peter Pegram uh, was responsible for Kari and Olvia's helmets, which he thought they were only to be carried and never worn, uh, to the point where when the actors donned the headgear, they quickly found out that a lack of air holes meant that the helmets easily fogged up, necessitating modification. So, like, they're in, it would just fog up and they wouldn't fucking see anything because they were breathing with it. Um, which, you know, their helmets look like fucking fishbowls that have been flattened slightly. <laughs> which you, you don't entirely want uh, with a, the, the space helmet because it makes it harder to do. Uh, but anyway, that is part three. What happens in part four? The final part. Well, everybody died of cancer, like I said. Leprosy, more like. Yeah. Cancer, leprosy, both. Same time. Anyway, Sometimes so... Sometimes you're gonna cancel leprosy. We gotta do something to stop this thing, and we gotta figure it out, by the way. I guess, I figure. Um, Princess is still screaming, and Cadet's still fighting, Nutcracker dying. And she's taken from her chains and dragged off again, making Cadet think she's dead, I guess? And the TARDIS's door... Is kind of there, but like also not fully, and they just start to rip out more wires. Cadet sees his gun and goes, hmm, and the one dude is like, don't do that. It's radiated. Like, you're, you're gonna die. And Cadet was trained by the same guy who trained him because, yeah, and slave labor. And he's like, well, cool. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave because I, yeah, I don't want to deal with you. And I, you're, you're asking for help, but like, I don't give a fuck. And we run away. And Nutcracker's like, haha, I was faking it and stands up and grabs the gun for himself. Too bad that computer is talking about departure now and shit and is going to move away from the TARDIS. And Tegan's like, ah, and runs off and screams, no, don't do it. And meanwhile, Turd is just staring at the TARDIS door for a bit. Tegan punches some stuff and hits the exact right switch and aborts the finish because of course it does. And, uh, <laughs> Too bad Turd is back on the TARDIS. Mm. Princess is in uh, solitary now, but feels better? Different? Hmm. The doctor is trying his best to stop the switch with the metal bar, but it just bends it. So the doctor's like, oh, fuck. We need the rat man. He could do it. And the guardian's like, you're fucking worthless. And the knob glows real bright. And he's like, ah. And Cadet goes, hey, hi, can you speak? Uh, Yeah. Hey, where's the princess, Mr. Rat? And he's like, yeah, it's this way. So then the two of them go, okay, and continue down the hallway to try to find her. And the dude just fucking steals some drugs, by the way, for Boar, because Boar's just, like, dying. And I guess he really can't do it because the alarm is beeping and he's like, I can't break this chain. Whatever I do, even though it'd be really easy to open up the cr- it's fine. 
The rat man is continuing to walk around, and we come back upon the princess trying to get out. And everyone is running around, Tegan looking for Turd, and the doctor is talking to the rat. Apparently the doctor gave a signal, so we have to obey the doctor. Oh yeah, okay. Princess fucking attacks the cadet when he comes through the door, because she's like, oh, it's you! And she's more upset that pe people just come through here, and it's uncontrolled, but like, it is kind of a cure, and she's like, but I can make everybody better. I could actually do it, though. And the Nutcrackers are very upset that the signal box is gone, and he's like, I'm gonna fucking crush him for this. Meanwhile, we ask the rat to please seriously flick that switch, because seriously, please? And we try very, very hard to not let that switch do the thing, and so the rat tries even harder and stops it. And please, sir, doctor, mister, destroy the box, let me be free. And he's like, yeah, all right, cool. And then the doctor is stopped by the Nutcracker with a gun who then walks above the princess and the male cadet, and then all of them jump his ass and get the gun back. And the doctor's like, hmm, hey, princess, what's up? And we also inform the doctor about the fact that we can make real changes to Terminus, and it'd be great. But she's also like, I'm going to offer you endless fucking meth. Sick. But then also, okay, like, shut up all you other nutcrackers. We, we're going to break open the drugs, and they do. And princess looks at it and goes, yeah, I could make this. I can make this meth. I'm also white, bitch, and so let's plan all of this. And with the disease, there's no reason why any soldier would come here to fight you, right? Because you're slave laborers. So the two cadets are shooting some wires in order to sh stop the radiation and stop the ship from ever moving again. And okay, so you brought them back. Now your position is mine, right? Dracula, sir. Get fucked, bitch. But then the doctor's like, cool. Can we see that damage engine again, please? Hmm. Tegan instantly shows up and mentions that Turd went back to the TARDIS on his own and the doctor doesn't listen again. And he's very upset. And the lesbians are informed about everything, by the way. And Tegan and Nissa are having a conversation over there. Um, yeah. By the way, we should all just chat with the big boy rat because he's quite nice and you could just have a conversation he with is. him. And Princess comes over and goes, hey, uh, I'm staying here. I want to save these people and shit. And the lesbians fucking start crying and hugging. And then Turd currently, by the way, is passed out on the floor of the TARDIS with the Black Guardian in his brain. And he's like, I still feel sick. And he's like, listen, this is your last, 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 last chance to kill the fucking doctor. I'm not fucking dealing with this anymore. Do it. Do it. Bitch. I swear to God, I'm not fucking listening to anything you say. Kill him. Seriously. And yeah. 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 It's like, come on, man. You gotta do it. You gotta yeah. do it. <sighs> well, that's Terminus. Cancer got everyone, apparently. We're all... We're all mm -hmm. just on a ship. Nissa's gone. Uh, extended universe-wise, this is not the end of Nissa. Uh, she rejoins the TARDIS team after the next episode, but it's been like... A few days for them, but it's been like 40 years for her, so she's like had a whole life. Um, she continues her work on Terminus, she cures everyone, she goes, basically turns Terminus into a wandering lab that tries to cure diseases throughout the universe. <laughs> uh, she gets caught up in the time war, as one does. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, she has a whole life and then she meets the Doctor again. With everyone, and then her life goes to shit again. Uh, I won't spoil it, but it's a very good arc in the Big Finish monthly range. Um, 
Anyway, that's Terminus, though. We, 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 we've uh, done the terminal case of watching the show. Ah, ha, ha, ha. What did you think, dear? I actually gave it, like, a six. There's a couple things that annoy the fuck out of me, but, like, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's all right. It's probably my favorite one of the, the three Black Guardian to, to revisit. Uh, I really like the next one, but I like revisiting Terminus the most, I think. Mm-hmm. it's Whereas, like, Mordron Undead is, you watch it once and that's it. You don't need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. But anyway, that's, that's Terminus. Uh, the next one is also a one-word title, um, but it is, you will actually be able to guess the word. A, your clue is a state of being usually ascribed to a religious uh, state of being. Yeah. Death. What's something that's usually just ascribed to religion? Religious or... Holy? No. (laughs) An episode just called Holy. I... (laughs) (laughs) Enlightenment? Uh... Yes. Okay. Enlightenment. There you go. I did it. I knew you'd get it. The next episode, the conclusion of the Black Guardian trilogy, Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Hey, dear, do you like uh, uh, Treasure Planet? <laughs> no, no one does. You're the only person who does. Oh, okay. I um, prefer Muppet Treasure Island. Yes, I like Treasure Planet. You know I do. Okay, well, remove the planet and just have the ships that going through space, and that's Enlightenment. <sighs> Throw in a couple of gods, too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Enlightenment! Okay. It's gonna be a good time. Uh, 